Welcome on in. Happy Friday night. This is the PHNX D-Bags podcast. I am your mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montia. Also, uh, a sleuth investigating the death of what I think is uh, a murdered snake that's a stuffed animal. This is Jesse you think Friedman. think the snake was murdered? I think I think there was foul play. Wow. I'm going to make some wild accusations here shortly. Uh, <laughs> this this is my uh, deputy investigator, Jesse Friedman, <laughs> also known as your Thunderstick. And the Diamondbacks win, Jesse. That's the most important thing. It's Friday night. Uh, I know we, we used to do this on Sunday, but we're going victory. What is this? Victory sombrero, the victory, victory big victory dumb sombrero. hat, whatever we're going with. But they, we're putting the victory hat on. Because the Diamondbacks needed this one. They end their losing streak at three games. And we finally get to do this show after a victory, uh, which feels very good. Feels feels much better than doing this show after losses. It feels like Christmas, Derek. Oh, we look like not, Christmas. What do you mean it feels like Christmas? Not, not, yeah, us. not we, as much because the Diamondbacks yeah. won this game, but because I'm wearing a, a very nice evergreen color right now. And you're wearing red. So it just it just kind of works. And the vibes are immaculate, according to the back of my shirt, Jesse. The vibes are immaculate. They're immaculate at Chase Field. Uh, we had Jeff Bannister stepping in for manager Tori Lavello tonight. Uh, and Bannister did an excellent job leading the club to victory. Again, like I said, ending does their three-game losing uh, streak. Does this mean that Tori's not allowed back? Is that is that your is that your takeaway from tonight, Derek? Uh, three-game three losing streak. Jeff Bannister steps in. The Diamondbacks get a win. Is I, that all? Is that all you needed to see? I, I don't like <laughs> that as I don't like that as much. Tori, of course, was uh, a way to. Uh, to go to his son's graduation, son's graduation at NAU, ceremony. Right? His son Connor graduated yeah. from NAU. It's nice to see Tori have his priorities in the right place, right? Like, yeah. I mean, how many of us say, I have to work? I can't go to your thing, right? Tori Lavello is the manager of a major league baseball team, and he still said, Sorry, guys, I need the night off. My kids, uh, my kids graduating. So, and he knew the team is in good hands because they have an excellent coaching staff, and Jeff Bannister has tons of experience. And honestly, Bannister did a great job at managing tonight's game. Uh, and the D backs might, in fact, still be a wagon. But of course, the first thing we need to talk about is Christian Walker being ejected in the bottom of the sixth for essentially clapping, right? Uh, that's what that's what it comes down to. Um, maybe maybe clapping with some pettiness, maybe clapping in the direction <laughs> of good call, idiot, maybe that kind of thing. Right. But he was clapping in the dugout. And apparently that was enough to agitate home plate umpire Alfonso Marquez, uh, who tossed Christian Walker from the game. And, and, and much like Christian Walker, we all look like this. This is what we all look like when he was ejected. Like <laughs> it was such an unbelievable moment, Jesse, like. I, I mean, even on the broadcast, they thought that they were talking more about like uh, like balls and strike calls and other things there. They didn't really think Christian Walker had actually been ejected from the game. Uh, but that is, in fact, what had happened. Yeah, I think it was Christian Walker's at bat before this is his previous at bat before that happened. Uh, I believe it was the second pitch of the at bat was what appeared to be a little bit off the outside of the plate. The call went against Christian Walker. It was called a strike. He proceeded to, proceeded to swing and miss at the next pitch, striking out. And uh, he was not happy about that as he walked back to the dugout. Obviously, the third strike in that at bat was not Alfonso Marquez's fault. Uh, but Christian Walker very much was remembering the second pitch of that of that at bat. And uh, yeah, fireworks. We can and hear fireworks. we can hear fireworks, Victory fireworks. in the background yeah, at, at Chase Field. But yeah, I, I do think there was some pettiness in the clap. 
Um, you know, you. But you when can the broadcast can't find anything that like shows him doing something that's crossing a line, yeah. What the fuck are we even doing here? We are literally throwing a guy out because you know he had a problem with your check swing call, and now here he is applauding that you got it right with another batter, and that somehow is enough to be ejected from the game. And let's yeah. be honest, there were, you know, Chris, this was this ended up being a close game. The Diamondbacks win seven to five, but still they are, uh, you know, they, they could have really used Christian Walker to remain in this game. Like losing Christian Walker was a fairly vital piece uh, at, at a at a critical time in the game. Yeah, I mean, it forced I mean, you saw it. You saw it there for the D-backs, right? You had Corbin Carroll. Uh, up against a left-handed pitcher and then instead of Christian Walker following him you had another left-handed hitter yeah. uh, in the game in Josh Rojas so it definitely made a, a significant difference in in the D-backs lineup fortunately for for them you know it doesn't it didn't wind up affecting the outcome of this game but yeah there's no question I think you know even if you sort of suspect some pettiness in in a clap from from a player in the dugout, that just doesn't feel like enough to to got uh, to make an ejection. You got to have a th- you got to have thicker skin than that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, I feel like that kind of thing when you're an umpire is like your daily, your everyday level of pettiness that you're going to receive from players, and yeah, I feel like everything is going to be kind of a passive aggressive taunt your way about a previous call or something they didn't like that you did, and you just got to live with it. Players have long memories too when it comes to this shit. They'll remember what you did the last time. That you were the home plate umpire, and they and they had to deal with you or whatever, so they're not going to forget. But um, you know what? The fireworks—they got me excited. I know I'm not exactly drinking a beer, but Damon, uh, even without Tori being here, can we at least still get the Friday beers with Tori real fast? <laughs> Let's throw it up there. I'm excited. D-backs win. What's up, everyone? It's Tori Lavello, manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Thanks for checking in. Hope everybody's doing great. It's time to kick off happy hour. And Clue Haywood says it's time for Friday beers. Let's go. I hope, I hope that's what Tori's doing right now. I hope Tori is having some Friday beers. <laughs> he deserves it. He needs a time night off himself. Tori's always giving the guys nights off, but sometimes Tori needs a night off. So there you uh, go. shout out to him. Shout out to Banny for managing his way through this game. I thought he did a good job, especially when it came to his management of the bullpen. Ryan he was on fire with the challenges tonight. He man. was on fire two, with the challenges. Two two. Yeah. And both were pretty close plays. Yeah. Like neither of those were obvious. Granted, whether or not. Jeff Bannister actually challenges a player not is pretty much entirely dependent on his video guy. However, not, not, however, not himself. Usually, but. usually Banny is the middleman. Banny is usually the guy going to the phone and Tori checks with Banny and Banny gives them right. kind of the thumbs up or thumbs down on if they should challenge it. Right. And so uh, we've seen Tori make a lot of those, you know, put, put on the earmuffs calls real fast. Hold on. Wait, stay out there. And he looks over at Banny and Banny says, nah, uh, but Bannister was on fire tonight, I, and I thought he was on fire with his management of the game, too. We talked about, um, of course, the pit bullpen, and uh, obviously the bullpen has had its ups and downs. Chafin had another rough night tonight. You couldn't exactly say his outing was great, but uh, again, the, the management of the team got them through the game late. Uh, their offense was absolutely on fire, but uh, it, Ryan Nelson really had another subpar start uh, four and two thirds innings, seven hits allowed, four earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Not terrible, not a disaster. No. You know, uh, again, it's that uh, almost by comparison to what we've seen at times. You know, it, it, it's a better outing, but you know, it's it's still not Ryan Nelson being as sharp as the, as the Diamondbacks need him, especially when it came came to how long he lasted in this game. Yeah, he just. 
And you just see it over and over again with Ryan Nelson. He can get to two strikes. And then once he gets there, it's sort of like, all right, now what? Yeah. You know, you try a bunch of fastballs around the outer parts of the strike zone. He tried some, you know, some sliders, some change-ups. The curveball is a little bit more of a get-me-over pitch for him. But, yeah, he just didn't consistently have the feel for his slider or his change-up. And those are kind of his two primary out pitches outside of the four-seam fastball. And that's kind of been a, a thing with Ryan Nelson for a while. It's like you feel good about the fastball. It was particularly electric today, honestly. Yeah. Um, he was pumping 97 pretty consistently in, in the first inning. I thought his stuff was maybe about as good as we've seen it so far, but he still just doesn't have the wipe, the wipe out put away pitch, right? He doesn't have the Dre Jamison slider. Um, And and so it it makes it tough. It makes it hard for him to get through these games efficiently. He doesn't really have pitches that are inducing a lot of soft contact. And he doesn't really have pitches that are getting a whole lot of swing and miss other than his four seam fastball itself. Uh, But, you know, uh, even with a, a San Francisco Giants lineup that is, toward the middle of the league, you're, you're just not going to be able to get away with throwing four-seam fastball after four-seam fastball after four-seam fastball. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he had his moments. There were, there were sliders here and there. There were change-ups here and there that were like, oh, man, that was, do that again. Like, you know, if you could do that a few times in, in a row, you'd, you'd be in a good spot. But Ryan Nelson just continues to struggle with those secondary pitches and kind of finding something that will stick for him. And, of course, you know, tonight it was enough, but it did put that stress on the bullpen. The bullpen, once again, was Scott McGuff. Uh, we saw uh, – Ant- can you can you help me with Anthony's last name again, Jesse? Anthony Masevich. Masevich, thank you, yeah. because I can't look at that name and, and get that from that, right? <laughs> um, but Anthony Masevich was, was good tonight. Um, but, the once again, Bannister leaned on, you know, the guys that they've kind of been leaning on quite a bit, including Scott McGuff. Uh, Andrew Chafin and Miguel Castro, and none of them were flawless. Scott McGuff gave, gave up. Uh, you know, his, his, some of his pitches were just right down the middle, dead center. Uh, gave up a pretty long fly ball, but he was still fairly decent out there. It just uh, didn't didn't really invoke a lot of confidence, considering how uh, how exciting I guess you could say they made the end of the game there. Yeah, uh, and that goes for all of them, even though Chafin. Uh, you know, kind of struggled there. He was able to lock it back in after a mound visit and honestly looked very good after that. Uh, Miguel Castro had like an eight, nine pitch at bat before and really kind of struggled there a little bit to put uh, the game away, but was able to do it successfully. So I don't want to well, pitch right down the middle, <laughs> man, I <laughs> the mean, pop up to end the game was literally right down the middle. There were the D-backs <sighs> bullpen was probably not quite as good today. As as the box score would would maybe tell you, the D-backs bullpen technically only gave up one run in four and a third innings. There were some shaky moments. There were some pitches that were a little bit more middle middle than you would want to see from honestly everyone. I think yeah. Kyle Nelson was pretty good, but Scott McGuff, Andrew Chafin, Miguel Castro, all of them left pitches in bad spots and and they got away with it. Um, but you know, you you felt like some D-backs relievers were kind of due to get away with with some with some stuff. Uh, at this point in the season because they have not gotten away with much here over the last few weeks. Five relievers to close out the game. Again, not great, especially considering this four-game series. Uh, with the with the Giants is is going to see the younger guys in there, so they're, they're definitely going to need a, a longer outing, and, and hopefully we can see here when we look at the probable some, some light at the end of the tunnel. But the Diamondbacks really need to take care of business here against the Giants. We talked about this kind of being a tough 
uh, outing for them. There were a lot of mistakes being made. Uh, Gabriel Moreno has not been great in this series. He's, he came through for him in a couple of situations, but he's hitting a lot of double plays so far. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of double plays. Uh, Corbin Carroll slump continues. And Jesse, should, should we be worried about Corbin? I mean, I, I personally feel like I obviously I'm, I'm, I am worried. I wouldn't even be bringing this topic up if, if internally I wasn't, but like my baseball mind side says, this is once again, baseball and no player, whether it's a position player or a pitcher can just have time off and then boom, be right back into the groove that they were in prior to, to yeah. not playing baseball for an extended period of time. I mean, honestly, Corbin Carroll, right when he came back, was good. Uh, I think he had, I think he had a hit or or maybe a couple in his first two games back, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but it's just been sort of this last week as as he's kind of gotten back into being a full time player. Uh, that Corbin Carroll has has started to struggle. I think he's two for twenty, um, two for his last twenty with six strikeouts, something like that. Which is not great, but also that's inevitable. I mean, those kind of slumps are going to happen over the course of a season. I'm not worried in the slightest about Corbin Carroll. Um, The man still has an OPS well over 800, and that is still outstanding. He is still 22 years old. Uh, I think people might have gotten a little greedy while his OPS was 1,000. It looked like he was going to win the MVP award hands down or something like that. Still going to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, that's the takeaway. Corbin Carroll is, no, I mean, Corbin Carroll is still having an outstanding season and, you know, every player is going to have their ups and downs. I'm not sure that the league has really figured out Corbin Carroll yet. Uh, you might be kind of starting to see that a little bit. Uh, I think he's he's struggled in particular with high fastballs. There's been a, a lot of swing and miss. There's been some pop-ups on those pitches. So, you know, uh, that's what's going to happen is you get a little bit more acclimated to the big leagues opposing teams are going to read up on your scouting report. They're going to figure out what your weaknesses are. And then Corbin Carroll is going to have to adapt and, and adjust. And I think there's no doubt that he will make those adjustments. It just might take a little bit of time. Um, Cog says a bullpen uh, survival is better than a bullpen blowout. That's for sure. Uh, and I'm going to have to toss Ryan, Daniel, and Thunderbolt all from the chat. Uh, for talking about <laughs> chat clapping. There's no clapping in the chat. There's no discussing clapping, and I take offense to that. I'm out here doing my job. I'm out here calling balls and strikes, and the last thing I need is your criticism from the chat. So you guys are all <laughs> gone. You gone, you're gone, and you're gone. Um, talking about the young guys we should be worried about, obviously, Gabriel Moreno, we brought up the double plays. Gabriel uh, his, Moreno, his I do. His double play percentage is a bit concerning. It, it's pretty dang high, yeah. Okay. Jack Summers, our friend over from Inside the Diamondbacks, compiled some numbers. Uh, this is from yesterday. I want to say as of right now, Gabby Moreno in his career has had, I believe it's 34 double play opportunities. So situations where you come up, there's a runner at first base and and there's less than two outs, right? That would be a double play situation. 34 opportunities, nine double plays for Gabby Moreno, which is more than 25% of the time. League average is 10%. So that is pretty insane. Uh, Gabby Moreno has has had a serious issue with the double play ball since coming into the league. Obviously, it's still a pretty small sample size at this point. And I think there's also some element to Gabby Moreno's game is going to lend itself to a few more double plays than you would probably like. He puts the ball in play a lot. He hits a lot of ground balls. Uh, Gabby Moreno could be a very, very good baseball player and yet still ground into a few more double plays than a league average hitter. Uh, at this point, though, 
granted it's been it's not just a little bit above league average it is it is a lot above league average <laughs> uh i i suspect this will kind of balance out a little bit over time but Hopefully. it has been it has been pretty rough so far yeah. this season um but when it comes to the young guys that are doing well there's one young guy that kind of is exceeding expectations. We haven't even said his name yet. We haven't even said his name yet, but he is our king snake. So let's throw it out there now. Dominic Fletcher, three for four tonight. Double home run, four RBI. Have yourself a day, young man. This kid is really hitting the ball well right now. Jesse plays some damn good defense. Currently hitting 457 with a 1.115 OPS. He is 16 for 35 with three doubles, a home run, and two walks That's to start his big league career. Fucking ridiculous. Derek, the only question is is Dominic Fletcher the best Italian baseball player of all time? No I doubt. think I think no 35 doubt. at bats into his big league career, yeah. we're at a point where we have to address the question. The answer is, is yes. Dominic Fletcher the best Italian baseball yes, player it of goes all time? Him, then Joe DiMaggio, then Mike Piazza. Then Mike Piazza. Right? Yeah, Mike, Mike Piazza, you know, you got to give him his flowers. He's definitely top three. He was on that, um, that fucking Seals show I watched, the Special Forces show where they put celebrities through crap, and he almost like <laughs> let his body break down just to prove some sort of weird point on a reality yeah, Dominic Fletcher would not have done that. No, right? Dominic he, Fletcher, he would have held no, his own. He would have held his own. He would have been <laughs> in the final three for sure. But People are saying uh, Dominic Fletcher is going to finish second in Rookie of the Year voting, actually. I heard Dominic yeah. Fletcher is already uh, leading the league in MVP votes, but I mean, that could just be... <laughs> D-backs going 1-2. I mean, <laughs> there I you mean go. What, what a pleasant surprise, really, when you talk about the fact that the Diamondbacks are so deep when it comes to their farm system that they could continue to find these young players that are right there in Reno uh, to come up and, and help this team win baseball games. Jesse and I were talking about it before the game, but Jake McCarthy uh, has been struggling over the last week. And that was uh, somebody who had gotten, kind of gotten things back on track a bit since being sent down. But yeah, man, Dominic, uh, Dominic is just doing such a good job at a major league level right now. It's, and, and and the Diamondbacks are still you know uh, position player heavy, so I, I don't I don't know when we'll see Jake again because Dom is playing so well, honestly. Yeah, Jake was zero for four again today, so I think he's zero for zero for his last fourteen in Reno. His batting average there is down to two forty five. Uh, I do have to say with Dominic Fletcher, his splits are kind of hilarious. Um, he is fourteen for twenty four against right handed pitchers. Um, hitting 583 <laughs> against lefties, he is two for 11 uh, with four out of his six strikeouts. So uh, that was kind of a thing for Dom in yeah. AAA this year. His he had extremely sharp splits in Reno this year as well. So hitting lefties, that's something that that you know you still kind of hope ha- will will come yeah. later on. It hasn't really come for Alec Thomas yet. Uh, Jake McCarthy was actually pretty good against lefties last year, which I think is one of the reasons why the D-backs felt good about him coming into the season. Um, but yeah, it, Dominic Fletcher is maybe not quite a perfect player just yet. He still has a lot to prove, but it has been really impressive. I mean, you can't 16 for 35. Like this is outrageous the way that he started his big league career and the D-backs needed it today. I mean, he had four RBI the D-backs won this game by two runs, so he was right in the center of all this for the D-backs. But, Jesse, we knew that was going to happen, right? We, yes. We obviously course. all, we we at least here on this show, we knew that was going to happen. We know everything that's going to happen. But what we don't know is the most important thing about tonight's game, and that is, where's the goddamn home run snake? Mm. Where is it? 
I want to know because it didn't have a very long time in the dugout. As far as we know, that snake has been in the dugout for three games. During those three games, the Diamondbacks went 0 for 3. They were 0 and 3, yes. And they had one home run hit by Evan Longoria, number 335 in his career. Uh, Jesse, I'm worried about the snake. You're worried about the snake? I think the snake, like I made some wild threats today about the snake should the D-backs lose tonight's game. Like had they gone on a four-game losing streak, I felt like I would need to take action. Now, just to make you understand the gravity of these accusations I'm making and the threats that I was making about had the Diamondbacks lost tonight's game, um, (laughs) there's a good chance that I probably would have had my press pass revoked and might even been banned from Chase Field (laughs) as a whole for destroying the snake. But would I have still done that knowing those consequences? The answer is absolutely. I absolutely (laughs) would have done that knowing these consequences. But it appears that somebody took action before I could. And I think that the snake... Uh, is no more, Jesse. So you would have you would have like gone into the clubhouse after hours and and like assaulted the snake if you felt that it was if, that it was jinxing the diamond. I would have fucking cut the head off of that snake, Jesse. Wow. I would have cut the head off the off the snake and I would have given it to Peggy to make into some sort of stew in, <laughs> in the press lounge. I don't. I, and this is coming from a man that does not believe that the words I say can impact a baseball game or the words I write on Twitter can impact a baseball game. I'm not I've said sure it to that Damon hundreds of times. Damon, Damon knows that I don't believe in these things. But do I believe that that home run snake was causing these losses for the Diamondbacks? Oh, you betcha. For you the betcha. record, I, I am not... I was not paying close enough attention the last couple of days. It is possible that the Diamondbacks had one day with the snake and then they just... They just were rid yeah. of it immediately, right? We don't necess- We don't have firm evidence that the it's snake true. was actually we never got in the dugout available. The didn't he- hit any more home runs. They did not hit any home runs on Wednesday or Thursday. Tori so Lovello maybe this did, is a few days old. Tori Lovello did confirm that he wanted to see it more when we had asked him about yes. it, which was the next day, right? It was after that first loss in the three-game loss, losing streak, if you will. I didn't see it in the clubhouse today. But I imagine it probably wouldn't have been there anyway. I don't know where exactly they would they would store something like that. But in the trash can, Jesse. In the trash. It can. went in the trash can. There we go. We'll try again. See the Cobra Commander mask. I still think is the best solution. But um, we're back to no home run celebration, Derek. Yeah, the D-backs had one home run where they had their their little celebration <sighs> thing going with the sink, and then it, and then it was over. Yeah, I think Zone in, Air, in Zone in Arizona said also the snake probably hit in Gerald's bag looking for some dinner because Gerald had the rat in his bag in, in Denver. We know that. Um, that's a really good theory, Gabriel, honestly. Ga- that's a good, yeah, that's a good, that's a good pull. Gabriel says we need an extra Baxter head. This would be horrifying. For the home run celebration. No, we're not. Scare no, the children. We're not doing that. I've already told you guys about, I wrote an entire article on how that caused uh, the, the entire curse that year so we're not doing it would the make head. it look oh. like they decapitated baxter right and we're wearing his face as a mask yeah nate saying we took the snake hostage maybe the did you, brettley johnson take the snake you, yesterday you can't prove it you can't prove he didn't take the snake <laughs> let me tell you um but we have lots of things to say about brettley johnson later so you guys just strap <laughs> in for that uh in the meantime we do thank you guys for being here for this victorious post game show uh winners only in here uh, sorry, Giants fans, scram. Uh, but we thank you guys for being here on the PHN Exports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, 
please do so. Don't wait. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a little thumbs up. That always makes us feel good in our hearts and our souls. If you're listening right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe there as well if you haven't done that. Uh, and leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. Big shout out to our friends at Pins and Aces, by the way. They make some incredible gear that is making me uh, kind of stray away from my previous shirt designer, which I never thought would happen. But their shirts are amazing. They have some wonderful patterns. And of course, uh, they are our official golf apparel partner of PHNX in all cities. So check them out. Check out our friends at the Big Drive Energy Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If you love golf. Uh, and most importantly, check out all of the great gear that Pins and Aces have. They have some amazing polos hats, golf bags, and even our favorite thing, which is, of course, the beer sleeve. Uh, it fits these guys as well. Uh, seltzer cans, whatever you need to keep cold in your bag. Of course, we are also partnering with them for our Keeping It 100 Golf Tournament at Dobson Ranch on May 26th. Uh, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up. Uh, Pins and Aces will be there with prizes, giveaways, etc. If you sign up for the scramble, you will get that incredible uh incredible phoenix polo shirt look at that thing uh, i actually i actually told people i would quit if i don't receive that polo shirt and they said yeah right and i said watch me um because that's how much i need that thing in my life of course you think i could you think i could wear that like into the clubhouse yeah, like, is that like yeah. professional attire yeah no. jesse that is absolutely i told you i could get you the shirts i wear and that's professional attire <laughs> that is not professional it attire. absolutely <laughs> is it absolutely is and uh, i mean even the shirt i got from pins and aces that has little bongs and pipes and weed on it it's that's professional too <laughs> uh you could check out pinsandaces.com for a weed shirt like that or whatever uh you want as a pattern shirt uh, and use code phnx to receive 15 percent off your first order and get free shipping that's pins and aces Dot com. Uh, and of course, we've also teamed up with our partners at BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, uh, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. Uh, of course, we have our signature bets uh, during the NBA playoffs, which we don't talk about anymore on this show. We, me no. and this guy, we're not. No. no, we're not in the mood for your shit. We're not going to listen to and We don't. Back, you keep your basketball talk on your basketball show. We're not having it over here. We're keeping our blinders on because we are both big Suns fans and we don't need to talk about what happened uh, this playoff series. But there's many more NBA playoff series uh, to come, of course, and you can check that out over at the BetMGM app and check out their signature bets. Of course, you can also check out the BetMGM Sportsbook uh, at State Farm Stadium. It's a beautiful place to, to watch sports. Uh, and of course, nothing beats the thrill of betting live and getting that little slip in your hand, winning and trading that slip in for money. So make sure to check that out, uh, even if we're not there. But we will be there for our Knockout Nights Cornhole League on the first Friday of every month. Uh, we will have food and beverage specials, giveaways, bet MGM prizes, and so much more. Uh, we will also be broadcasting our show live uh, from the Bet MGM Sportsbook app. Jesse, uh, I will be there. We will be there hanging out, so make sure to come hang out with us. If you haven't signed up for the Bet MGM app yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with Bet MGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details, and now listen to our buddy Shane talk about the disclaimer. 
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Well, we already brought up that Ryan Nelson didn't have a great outing once again. And of course, we kind of ponder now the question of if we will see a starting rotation for the Arizona Diamondbacks that will not feature Ryan Nelson, Dre Jamison, or possibly even Brandon Fott. We know how much we on the show have talked about these three guys, and we know we've talked about them being kind of the future of the rotation. But we've also talked about the fact that the Diamondbacks are taking a big risk by having three rookies uh, as part of their rotation. And you also have Tommy Henry in the mix as well, who has been pitching a bit better than those three guys. So, you know, of course, he had a solid outing, like I said, in game one. But how long will the leash be for these guys going forward? And how much will the Diamondbacks uh, kind of consider their development going forward as part of this process of sending, you know, sending them down, calling yeah. them up? changing their role from a starter to a bullpen, all of this kind of change that they've been experiencing. Zach, Zach Davies is not far away. It sounds like he'll make probably two more uh, outings in the Arizona Complex League. It's possible they might send him out on a, on a rehab assignment to one of the D-backs uh, AA or AAA affiliates as well. Um, but you're not, you're not that far away at this point from Zach Davies coming back. He might even make only one more start down there before coming back up, depending on how the D-backs want to play this. So the D-backs have a pretty big decision looming here. There's not room for all three of these guys, right? Ryan Nelson, Brandon Fodd, and Tommy Henry. One of those three guys is presumably going to be out of this rotation within a matter of about a week or two. It's not that far away. And so all of these starts happening right now for these three pitchers are really, really important. I think Tommy Henry, you know, did himself a, a big favor yesterday with six and two thirds innings, two runs. I, I know he didn't really have the strikeout stuff and he hasn't really had the strikeout stuff at all uh, in any start this year. Uh, but Ryan Nelson hasn't exactly been, you know, racking up the strikeouts either, even though he has probably better stuff than Tommy Henry does. Um, I tweeted earlier about uh, Ryan Nelson's uh, last five starts, uh, which are not not great. If we can get the numbers from Ryan Nelson's last five starts, 23 and two-thirds innings, 37 hits allowed, Oof. 21 earned runs. He has an ERA right around eight and a whip of 1.82. Ryan Nelson, Derek. Not great, Bob. Not, not great. Not great. And, and Brandon Fott, I mean, he has not been great either. So these starts are all really important. Um, I think Brandon Fott would probably be I think if he struggles in, in a big way again against the Giants on Sunday, maybe they would give him one more start after that. But I think that the choice would be maybe relatively simple that you would just have to send Brandon Fott back down because you don't want to you don't want to mess with his psyche with, you know, just continuing to get hammered start after start. Clearly, there would be some things for him to go down and work on. So in some ways, it would make it pretty simple for the D-backs, I think, if, if Fott did that. But also, you don't want that to happen. And I don't think you necessarily expect that to happen either. No. I think there's a pretty good chance that Brandon Fott comes out on Sunday and, you know, maybe he doesn't throw seven scoreless innings, but maybe he maybe he turns in a pretty good start against the Giants. And at that point, things are going to get pretty complicated. Yeah. Gabriel Ferreira says, Ryan's numbers are starting to look like gas prices. Yikes. Um, 
And more importantly, I know that we want to do this for the success of the team, but how do these guys handle being sent down again, if that's the case? How do they yeah. handle uh, the the essentially what could perceive be perceived as their failure at a major league level? It can't be great for their confidence. It can't be great for their personal growth. Like there has to be, uh, you know, and, and of course, maybe this is impacting their performance. There has to be kind of a sense of anxiety, a sense of unwellness, I you know, so. between them, especially like Dre Jameson having pitched at times as well as he has. And, and he got set down. Right. So like his confidence is probably shook. He probably feels a lack of, of, or, or, or sense of failure himself. Right. And then that adds to these other guys who are very close with Dre, Tommy, Brandon yeah. fought and, and Ryan Nelson and, and Dre are all very close so if you have the one guy that's been sent down, how does it make the other three guys feel about, you know, well, they could be next, right? Like it just I mean, you could make you could make a I don't even think this is like an argument you'd have to make. Dre Jamison out of those four young pitchers has had more success in the big leagues this year than any of them. Correct. And yet Correct. he is the one currently that's, in Reno. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Right? Like and so if you you're one that, of those other guys, right, what like are you like, like yeah, I mean, Dre Jameson gets sent down with an ERA of 3.75. Like, I'm not going to last very long doing what I'm doing. And and yeah, I think it's a good point. Like, it it probably does make it harder for you to settle in as a starting pitcher, knowing that the D-backs have, have made it clear this year that the, the leash is not as long as it's been in years past. They're willing to move a little bit more quickly than they have in the past with some of these decisions. And heck... The D-backs probably wouldn't have three rookie starters right now if, you know, Madison Bumgarner had been able to hold it together a little bit more. And if Zach Davies hadn't gotten hurt, right, you're probably only looking at one of these that, guys being in their rotation. That's the big thing is how has the success of this team impacted their decision making when it comes to this stuff, right? Yeah. We know that it impacted their decision to part ways with Mad Bum, right? right? But as we learned from our press conference with Brent Strom the other day, there seems to be other things that also impacted their decision to part ways with Mad Bum. This seems to be more were, of occasion. There were a lot of things. There were a lot of things. Their decision to part ways with Mad Bum. But, like, again, it feels like how different would their patience with these young guys be if they were 10 games below 500, if they were in the basement of the NL West, if they just weren't playing good baseball, like they're in the yeah. thick of it. And they have been for long enough now for them to consider themselves not a bad team. We're a good team. We can win baseball games. We can beat good teams. You know, we can win against good teams, but we really need to make the decisions because every game is kind of critical, right? These losses, these wins, they're, they're important. And, you know, it feels like the decision for these young guys is being made in a different way based on the fact that this team is having success right now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a valid point. I mean, frankly, the last few days, that success has kind of turned around a little bit. I mean, D-backs are 21 and 18 right now. It's not necessarily the record that you envisioned them having at this point a couple weeks ago. But yeah, uh, I mean, what did you still, just say, though? They are what? They're 21 and 18, Derek. Damon, put still, the fucking little tiny Marte going on Mount. Still pretty they good. are still above Mount 500. Damon, let's go. Mount 500. Oh, he's gone. Damon killed Mount 500. <laughs> the snake's gone. Little tiny Marte's dead. Everybody's killing everybody around here. I hate it. Um, but yeah, no, they're at least above 500, right? And that's the important yes. thing here is that um, they're going to they're gonna go through their slumps, right? Just like the players are, just like Corbin Carroll's kind of experiencing right now. The key is that they're not they're not these uh, like ridiculous like tonight four games five games six games when you start talking about winning uh, sh or losing streaks that are that long 
that can really start impacting the team and their performance. That can yeah. start creeping in and making everybody try to press and try harder, which, as we know in baseball, never goes their way. But trade DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul for a good relief pitcher. Huh. That works, right? I do not like that deal. I don't people feel like were that. people I were feel actually like we're get the return uh, on value for that. But. Did you see that people were hypothesizing on Twitter that the reason that Corbin Carroll wasn't in the lineup yesterday was because the Suns needed a starting center, right? Because DeAndre Ayton was out. That so actually makes a lot of it sense. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. that's I'm, you know, that's absurd. Because obviously <laughs> he would play uh point guard, right? I mean, we know that they would probably use him as a backup point guard. Um, <laughs> Why and do you doubt Corbin Carroll's post-up abilities, Derek? My God. It's more of his rebounding. It's just his rebounding that I'm concerned with. But <laughs> I'm going to say this uh, because I don't know why I feel the need to defend these guys. Probably because Jesse and I spend uh, more time with them than we do with our own families, right, around the players. But uh, <laughs> you got you to you soften up on these guys, right? Like right now we all want to see, for instance, everybody's been clamoring to have Dre Jamison back in in the dugout or in the in the bullpen, right? He had a good start, right? He has but six it, innings, one run, his last start in Reno. But if it doesn't go good in three outings, and people will want to call him a bum and send him back to Reno, right? And it's like that's yeah. kind of what Brandon Fott is going through. We were very excited about Brandon Fott coming up. We know a lot of people, a lot of you were excited about it, and things haven't gone well for him. But that's not really a reason to stop supporting him and want him to be. Uh, fired, as someone said there with the clever uh, <laughs> oh, wording with the P and the F in front of it. But uh, I will say that I think these guys are all talented, and I think they are, are still are going to add a lot of value to this team. It's just right now it feels like there's a lot of pressure on them. I feel like there's a lot of, uh, you know, obviously there, there's a lot on the line. And I think that the success of this team is probably adding to this pressure for these young guys because they're feeling – uh, they're feeling that need to perform and to be at the level that this team right now is performing as a whole. Uh, and it, it's, it's probably difficult. I mean, last year, it's a little bit of a more of a, of a softer landing time when the team was obviously kind of out of it. I mean, they were still playing yeah. well, but when Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson came up last year, it was almost like a bit of the waving the white flag. You're right. When they it was came. a, it was a soft landing. Whereas this year it's like, yeah, well, if you have three bad starts, you're probably going to get sent down, you Gone. know, out. And I guess the fact that that, you know, Mad Bum was sent on his way and, and Zach Davies got hurt, like we said before, it's given the D-backs no choice but to ride it out with these guys. Um, and the but, Mad Bum getting sent out, too, right? Like, that's got to add anxiety because if they're going to do it to a veteran like Mad Bum, yeah. what's to keep them from doing it to my ass, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I just mean, think, like, in the grand scheme of things, what's most important the D-backs have a whole bunch of pitching prospects right now who are either in the majors or really close to the majors, right? Some of them we haven't even seen in the big leagues yet. Very true. Uh, Blake Walston, Slade Ciccone, right? Uh, Bryce Jarvis has had a really nice year yeah, in the minors so far. Push. But what the D-backs cannot afford in the in the big picture is for all of those guys to turn into you know either like fringe number five starters or like middle relievers. Like that, that would be a pretty tough pill to swallow because there's so many of them. And, you know, with where these guys were ranked, I don't think any of these guys were expected to be number one starters, maybe even number two starters. But it would really be be rough for this franchise to, to swing and miss as they've done uh, for a number of years now. Right. We talked about it the other day. The D-backs do not have a good track record developing starting pitchers and getting them to find success in the big leagues. That's kind of my my bigger thought here is in the grand scheme of things, the D-backs just need like 
They don't need all these guys to pan out. They don't need all these guys to be number three starters or whatever, but you just can't afford for all of these guys to be, you know, the up and down types that we've seen from this farm system for quite a while. I agree with that. And uh, I still think Brandon Fott is going to be a very, very good pitcher. I think so too. Uh, But also credit where credit's due. Tommy Henry has really come around and, uh, there was a very funny interaction in the clubhouse last night after his like media scrum where uh, there was some confusion between him and some of us, you know, reporter types about what pitches he was throwing. And apparently we made him paranoid about what <laughs> he said he was going to have to <laughs> well, go back and check. We didn't actually make him paranoid. He's like, you're going to make me go check the video and see. <laughs> some unnamed reporters were getting his curveball and his slider mixed up. <laughs> and, 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 Tom, and Tommy Henry was like, what are they like? Do they blend together yeah. that much? Like, I swear they're two different pitches. Uh, but yeah, Tommy Henry, I think, did, did pitch well yesterday. I'd be lying if I said I was like, oh, man, six and two-thirds innings, two runs against a good offense. Like, Tommy Henry's turned a corner. He had two strikeouts. He has exactly yeah. as many yeah. strikeouts as walks yeah. for the season. His peripherals are very, very subpar right now. Uh, you still need to see some more swing and miss before at least I could be convinced like, that Tommy Henry is a big we, league starter right we, now. We absolutely discussed it after the game, Jesse and I. We were both like, that seemed to be a case more of the Giants offense being bad more yeah. than the There's some soft contact you know, i mean i think tommy pitched pretty well yesterday sure, but, but is it sustainable it's not sustainable right you just you can't go out there every fifth day and get two strikeouts every start and expect to stay in the big leagues as a starter it just doesn't work in the long term and game one was our takeover game by the way and we were out there sitting i believe in section 216 with 216? you our family from phnx and when casey schmidt hit that home run ball off that of Tommy Henry. Not soft contact. I mean, Jesse and I <laughs> spent a lot of time in the press box, so we're like over there behind home plate. This ball came up to the diamond level and visited with us for a little while before it left the ballpark. <laughs> it was one of the most amazing home runs I've ever seen. It was like when one of those performers, like Rihanna or somebody, like decides to like perform on a lift so that the people in the 400 section <laughs> get to also experience the thrill of being on the same section as her, or same ground level, you know? Like the ball came up and was like, hey, you guys, and then like left the ballpark. That was, it was, that was a shot. It was a shot. 443 yeah. feet. Yeah, I think it was the third correctly. longest home run after we had the two other longest home runs of the year at chase field also all in this like last week it's speaking been- of speaking of long home runs we should give a shout out to evan longoria who did the impossible today evan longoria hit a home run ball just foul jeff banister actually got them to review it yeah. to make sure it was foul it was yeah and then several pitches later hit it in the exact same almost spot for the exact run. same spot but on the other oh, side of the foul pool so that good. is genuinely something i feel like i've almost never yeah. seen yeah. if you hit a a foul home run ball you are screwed you are definitely going to strike out or you know roll over the top of something after that happens I was pretty impressed, Derek. That was a pretty that was a pretty nice at bat there from Evan Longoria against his former team, I might add. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Uh, all right, guys. Well, if you haven't done so already, make sure to go check out Fubo TV if you want to watch Arizona Diamondbacks on your TV. Uh, you can watch it actually from anywhere, stream live from any device. You can watch the most Arizona sports for the absolute lowest price, and you can also start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There is no contract, no cable, no hassle. You just sign up and can start watching immediately with a thousand hours of cloud DVR storage at no extra charge. Uh, you can watch, of course, the NHL draft on ESPN coming up, which our Coyotes crew will be present at in Nashville. Uh, WNBA action, F1 action, fight night, so, so much more. I'm not even mentioning basketball. We're not talking about basketball. But most importantly, you can watch the Arizona Diamondbacks with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Um, and if you want to see the Diamondbacks live in person, use our friends from Game Time. Procrastinate, wait until the last minute, and save 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 you can save big by waiting until the last minute uh and it is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason and that is because it provides you with the absolute lowest prices and tickets that you can find snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code phnx for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code phnx for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed a uh, couple of injury updates. Apparently, Joe Mantiply uh, was injured, and that is the reason. He actually injured himself while warming up in yeah. game one of the series, which kind of had big ramifications on the game. He was the relief pitcher that was supposed to come in in the ninth. It ended up being Jose Ruiz, who gave up four runs, right. uh, completely blew that ninth inning, and the Diamondbacks were able to come back. It would have been a tie game had the bullpen been able to uh, hold them there in the top of the ninth. So, uh, of course, that that injury is something to watch because we already know how depleted this bullpen has been. Joe Mantiply was pitching really well. Uh, it's a it's a tough loss for the D-backs. Mantiply had a bit of a case of dead arm coming into the season as well, so he missed a couple weeks at the beginning of the year, uh, and it and it really seemed like he was just kind of starting to get in a groove out there. Was throwing really well. Uh, really unfortunate timing for the D-backs on this one. But yeah, he was warming up. The D-backs, uh, Tori Lovello had made the call for Joe Mantiply to come in the game in the ninth inning last night. But he said around like his 10th or 11th pitch, he just felt something off with his hamstring. The Diamondbacks uh, to say uh, today decided to to put him uh, on the injured list. I believe Mantiply himself es- sort of guesstimated uh, like three or four weeks that he might miss as a result of this injury. That's, nice. uh, that's a very a very rough estimate at this point. Um, but yeah, we're probably going to see a lot of uh, you know Kyle Nelson. Of course, will will you know become even more important being a lefty. And then Anthony Masevich is is also here as well. We saw him have a pretty nice game uh, here tonight for the D backs. Who do the Diamondbacks turn to beyond that, Jesse? Who do they turn to for relief beyond that? Because I feel like we're getting down to the point where the guys that we've seen that they've sent down and called back up um, have, have have all kind of made made that rotation, made that turn. Uh, we know that they are already uh, a position player heavy, so it still feels like they're going to call another guy up. Yeah. Do you foresee it being Dre Jameson, or do you think they're going to continue to keep him in the starting rotation in minors and go with maybe Peter Solomon or somebody like that? Yeah, it, it could be Peter Solomon. I I still don't know, to be honest. I feel like part of the reason the D-backs have kind of delayed adding that that extra bullpen arm, number one, is because they haven't 
absolutely needed it at any point. They've been able to get by. Sure. And number two, because like, well, what are you, who are you going to call up, right? Like you're going to bring, like you said, are you going to bring up Peter Solomon? You could go get Zach McAllister. He's had some some multi inning outings down in Reno. I could maybe see that being a fit. Um, but yeah, this this bullpen, Derek. Despite what we might have thought after the first couple weeks of the season, it looks like another pretty subpar Diamondbacks bullpen. And there just aren't really any easy answers here. As far as Dre Jameson is concerned, I will say that as long as Ryan Nelson is struggling the way he is, and maybe you don't feel so confident about Tommy Henry yet, and Brandon Fott is still struggling, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be like, oh, we're going to convert this this starter that we have in Reno that we just sent down. We're going to convert him to reliever now. Yeah. That doesn't really make any sense with the way that those guys are pitching. I, I, would, I would make a, a pretty... A confident guess that the Diamondbacks will not make that move until at least they have some more stability here with the rotation. Zone in Arizona, going back to Longo's home run, said his Longo's dong curved a little much to the right, but I'm glad he adjusted. It curved to the left too much. Come on, let's get that straight. Uh, Depends on your perspective, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess, but I'm (laughs) just saying. Uh, Cog says put Book in the pen this offseason. Book would not do well in the pen. We need campaign in the pen. Campaign has ice in his veins. He scored, what, 30-plus points in that final game? I mean, All I know is if you, put, if you put Devin Booker in the bullpen, then he would just jet out after the game if he ever, if he ever blew on and, and refused to talk to the media, just, right? Too soon. <laughs> too soon. I'm sorry. Um, I had to. I, I'm, I'm upset at you. But, uh, of course, that game we were talking about was, again, our takeover game. We want to thank so many of you guys for coming out. We had an absolute blast. Let's take a look at these a lot photos of, of these happy people. Hey! Hey! Look at these guys. These are a bunch of troublemakers right there. Uh, but none more so than Brett Lee Johnson there down on the end. We'll circle back <laughs> to him here in a moment. Uh, look at these guys. Happy folks. Uh, Sean DePaz, always an absolute joy to watch baseball games with. Uh, also, for as skinny as that man is, I don't know where he puts the amount of food that he eats. Uh, he got both a Sonoran dog combo and then went back for a chicken tenders combo. Uh, he's an absolute beast. There's Cogs in the background. Of course, you guys know Jesse, and it's our mom, Chris. Uh, she's always there keeping us in line. But uh, Oh, and these guys, these two hate each other. Uh, this is turning into a real sibling rivalry thing, and I don't know what's going on, but I kind of love it. And I'm glad that we have conflict at all of our takeovers. But uh, we missed Gabriel. We missed you out there, of course. Thank you guys for coming out. There were a few people who who pulled the Suns card on us. I last get it. Night I understand. Saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna I would you. come, but I'm going but to the Suns I'm game, a... or I'm a little a little bit emotionally unavailable uh, while the Suns are playing an elimination game, which is fair. You missed getting on the jumbotron with us. That's what you missed. You missed yeah. getting on the jumbotron yeah. a couple we of were, times. We were on the jumbotron that. multiple times, yeah. and, and I think the reason why I think we all know the reason why Jesse the the purple hair. Is that, is that what it is? It's Brettley Johnson. Ah, everybody yes. should be forced to watch a game with Brettley Johnson. And when I say forced, forced. <laughs> I think that that's a that's probably the way to say it. Uh, <laughs> Brettley Johnson has the stamina like I've never seen of any human being in my entire life. The man projects his voice. It's at, incredible. Like, at an unreal level. It's incredible. And not only that. But he was fully just using all of our standard catchphrases, including Young King, uh, Yo Gabby Gabby. 
there was a lot of talk about uh, Geraldo Perdomo being a risk king. There was so much. He was basically he's basically the embodiment of the PHNX D-backs Twitter account. Exactly, and, and I in, just, in a very loud one at yeah. that. <laughs> um, it was an experience like no other, and everybody again should come out for our takeovers for nothing more than to sit next to Brett and experience that. Because uh, like, okay, like I have friends that scream at pro wrestling events, Jesse. I hear. I hear them tire. I hear the I, I hear the spirit in them dwindle as the event goes on, right? Sure. Especially as the night goes on, it's long. You're there for two hours, three hours. It's a lot of yelling. Your voice gets Everyone, hoarse. Yeah, anyone can yell at the top of their lungs, but it's the stamina it's that the really consistency, sets Brett right. Johnson If apart. the bullpen for the Arizona Diamondbacks had one-fifth of the consistency of Brentley <laughs> Johnson does at screaming at the top of his lungs, this team would be undefeated this baseball season. <laughs> Um, so shout out to Brett Lee Johnson. Shout out to all of you for coming out. Of course, uh, we can't wait to watch more baseball with you guys. You can still get those takeover tickets. can still join us. we got some more takeover events coming up. June 3rd is our next event. Uh, we looking forward to facing a very good Atlanta Braves team. Yeah. And that is the only 7-10 start of the uh, takeover schedule. Uh, and then beyond that, in July, we got Cardinals. Like kind of a long gap there in between the June third game and, and July twenty fifth. So make sure, because yeah. you know you don't have nothing going on. You know there at this point you have nothing going on June third. There is no way you have a basketball playoff game to watch anymore. And I'm sorry to be so angry and stern about this, but God damn it, it's over. We can watch baseball now. It's our turn. <laughs> we 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 get the floor now. Uh, so join us June third. Uh, and then we love you. We want you to do that. I don't mean to yell. I didn't mean to yell at you. I'm not trying to yell at you. Just abusively yelling and I going, mean, we love you. You'll do it. You'll do it now and you'll fucking like it. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited. Is this, to your, watch is this your Brett Lee Johnson impersonation? No, right now? I mean, I'm, you care. I'm kind of hoarse. That's because I tried to keep up with <laughs> Brett on a few chance and I did not have that level of energy. Um, and you know why it is because I didn't stop at Circle K on the way to the ballpark yesterday. We had a long day. We did the show before the game, and then we had to go straight to the ballpark. Didn't get to stop to get my energy drink. I didn't get to get my iced coffee for a dollar eighty nine. I was very upset uh, because, of course, Circle K. Not only do I get to go fill up my gas tank, but I get to be very vain and see a video of myself. And why wouldn't I stop at Circle K every single day to see that little Derek on the screen telling you to get a Polar Pop? And enjoy it. Enjoy your Polar Pop. Uh, polar Pops stay long, cold longer. And that's what you need in Arizona. You know your car is hot. You need a cold Polar Pop. And make sure it you're is, not... It's really the insulation of the cup. Oh, it's really incredible. It apart. It'll Sty stay... Styrofoam is a powerful thing. It is. Earth. It is. I mean, it's not great for the Earth. But you know what it is great for? <laughs> keeping ice ice and keeping your drink cold. And that's what you can do with a Polar Pop. Uh, make sure you're not missing out on any of this great stuff, including Red Bulls, three for $8. Monsters, three for $6. And, of course... Uh, 12 packs of beer for $9.99. You can also get our friends Four Peaks beer at twelve at uh, Circle K. Uh, and, of course, uh, right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join the Circle K SMS Subscriber Club, and you can get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to CircleK.com uh, slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Uh, and, again, grab some Four Peaks while you're there. If you're not in a Circle K, grab Four Peaks wherever you get your beer, wherever you get your goods. Uh, and, of course, Four Peaks for Teachers is still happening this week. Today is the final day uh, of Teacher Appreciation Week, so make sure to thank a teacher, nominate them to win grants, Four Peaks swag, and so much more, including a grand prize of a custom makeover of their teacher's lounge at school. You can go to fourpeaksforteachers.org to nominate a teacher right now or to donate. 
You can also enter in to win their four peaks, four seats for Diamondbacks games. Uh, one lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming Diamondbacks game. Tickets come with D-Bucks. You can grab some food, some wow wheat, some hop knot, whatever else you want to grab while you're there at the game. You can enter to go by going to Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. The link is in our show bio. And of course, you can check out uh, at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest for Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks and please drink responsibly. Well, that's all we got for you guys. Hope you have a wonderful Friday night and a wonderful weekend. We will be back on Monday, the Sunday show. No more, no more Sunday commitment for these guys, but we will be back on Monday with our Mailbag Monday episode. So make sure to keep your eyes peeled for our tweet about that. Send us your questions and we will be sure to answer them live on the show at 1 p.m. on Monday. We also have a 1 p.m. show next Thursday, uh, which is an off day for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Hopefully... What we will be talking about on Monday is the Diamondbacks winning this series against the Giants, uh, and then they will be starting a new series against the Oakland A's uh, in Oakland. And uh, I hope they meet the possum, Jesse. I want Mike Farron to run into the possum. That's what I really want. The possum that's in the press box. Is Mike Farron going to Oakland? I don't know. Mike Farron's all over the place sometimes. (laughs) I mean, knowing Mike Farron, Mike 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 Farron Farron would probably stay away from Oakland. That's true. (laughs) But anyway, uh, make sure to check us out for these post-game and post-series shows next week. And, of course, in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. The show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. Uh, our producer, Damon, is at Damon Dog with a little at the end because it's D-A-W-G. But of course, like I said, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys so much. Charles Woodall Pike said it's still hockey season. It absolutely is not. It's not basketball season. It's not hockey season. It's none of those sports. Our t- your, their, your time is up and our time is now. That's the way this works around here. But uh, of course... I'm, I've been shouting at you guys a lot, and I'm sorry. I want you to know I love you, even though I <laughs> even though I yell at you. Uh, I still love you. Uh, on behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself, we appreciate your time. Uh, and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when you win the goddamn baseball game. <laughs>